with the, the donut economy. It's a term that's been used more and more within our city and it's part of our uh, official community plan as a guiding vision and framework. And, you know, in this presentation, I'll start off sort of at the 50,000 foot view explaining a bit of the concept um, at a sort of a national global level and its, its broad purposes and then we'll slowly funnel down to the brass tacks of what it actually means being implemented uh, here in Nanaimo um, sort of with policy and action and then out in the community um, and uh, also like to mention too Kim Smythe the, the chair of the working group uh, with the mayor's task force um, on uh, building uh, the donut economy uh, awareness within the community. He'll speak more to that when it comes to him. So I'll start off here with uh, the broad picture of, of what the donut economy is. Uh, so basically, uh, the donut economy is a um, concept uh, that was developed by Kate Raworth and um, the, the purpose, she was, she's an econ economist in London, and the purpose was really to develop an understanding of and, and, a, and a way to measure what is in a successful economy. When, when we say our economy and, and how goods and services and how we utilize resources and distribute within our communities and build our communities and what how do we know if our economy is being successful? There's been a lot of criticism, you know, where we're measuring our economy and it's growing, you know, GDP each year, 5%, 6%, 7% is really charging for it. It goes down to 3%. Um, but at the same time, we can be eroding, you know, uh, very uh, key aspects of our uh, environment or we can be having social problems be arising and, and it's not captured. In, in, in these these measurements so Kate set out to figure out uh, you know how how can we, we measure this in a way that's uh, more meaningful for the challenges we face today and you know it's like today we live in, a, in, a, in an era where uh, Amazon the company can have an evaluation of over trillions of dollars um, and yet the Amazon rainforest uh, is, is worthless until it's it's cut down and burnt doesn't show up in a balance sheet until there's uh, soybean crops in it. And so yeah, there's some fundamental right issues with how we're assigning value. So I'm going to share a screen here um, and uh, a few slides. Okay, so here is uh, the, the donut economy model, and it's based on two fundamental concepts, that there is an uh, ecological ceiling, um, which has planetary boundaries for the planet. And when you cross these things, what happens is that the environmental ecological systems are eroded and, and, and they threaten basic life-sustaining systems and the foundation of what our economy is built upon. So these things are, there's limits in terms of carbon emissions in our atmosphere. There's limits on the amount of acid, uh, ocean acidification, the amount of chemical pollution, uh, how much fresh water can be utilized and taken out, how much land can be converted to forest and to crop land or development, um, the amount of biodiversity that's lost. And so any healthy economy has to operate within the uh, planetary, uh, planetary boundary. On the other end, on the inside of the donut, is the social foundation. And so in order to maintain social order, uh, to be able to have a productive society that, that can work well with one another and, and produce goods and services, and that can thrive, basic social needs must be met around access to food, healthcare, education, peace, justice, safety, social equity, gender equality, housing um, and access to energy and when those needs aren't being met uh, the, there, there is a deficit and and a society suffers and, and erodes and so they must uh, we must a healthy economy is one that can keep everyone above those social foundations and so we evaluate as a globe um, we're falling behind in, in, uh, in the ecological ceiling we're crossing boundaries around climate change 
amount of nitrogen phosphorus in our oceans, the amount of land that's been converted, the amount of biodiversity lost, and then we're not meeting key social foundations of the globe, um, you know, around social equity, housing, uh, water, uh, you know, access to food. So each country is a little bit different. You can see Canada here on the right. Uh, as, a, as a nation, we exceed way more in the uh, environmental, using way more resources than in our fair share, crossing boundaries and uh, carbon emissions, phosphorus loading, um, land conversion, and uh, the amount of materials that we're using. And our social foundations, for the most part, are being met. Although, you know, within even Nanaimo, we can see areas where we're not meeting, and, and there are definite pockets where housing, education, and those things aren't being met in communities. Uh, you know, countries traditionally, you know, called in the third world, some are operating well within their ecological boundary, but not meeting uh, key social foundations. So in the city of Nanaimo, an example, we're exceeding our carbon emissions. You know, we set goals in 2010 to be below, you know, 30% below our target uh, by 2020. And in 2020, we actually exceeded it by 17%. Uh, we also, you know, the issue around homelessness and, and, and addictions in our community. You know, there's 6,000 people in our community that are at risk of housing instability. So we're not, we're not meeting some key social foundations as well. So our council has adopted uh, the, um, the donut economy. So trying to get our economy working in that sweet spot between what it, our social, uh, our ecological limits within them and above our social foundation. So meeting the needs of people within the means of the planet. So we asked the, the question that we asked in our community is, you know, how can Nanaimo be home to a thriving people in a thriving place while respecting the well-being of all people and the health of the whole planet? And so, you know, we asked this, you know, what we can do here within our, our boundaries in Nanaimo, both for our environment and for people, but also taking responsibility of our impact on environments outside of our borders. For example, there's no borders when it comes to carbon emissions nor, uh, you know, the impacts of, you know, what materials are we using? Are they impacting folks' labor or well-being outside of our borders as well? So we've joined quite a lot of other countries that have committed to um, the donut model and operating within the sweet spot of the donut um, all across the world. And it's been really cool connecting with people. I was on, I've been on calls with folks in, in Israel, Brussels, Amsterdam, uh, down in South Africa. There's places in, in South America, uh, you know, throughout um, North America, Toronto's looking at the donut model, Portland, Philadelphia, and there's a growing international community that's really trying to align to this big picture vision and then bring it down to what it means in the local community. So here in Nanaimo, we've adopted as part of our uh, reimagine process, and uh, we've created five goals that represent um, the green Nanaimo represents uh, the, the what 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 does it looks like for Nanaimo to operate within its ecological limits, and then a healthy Nanaimo around community well-being and livability, equitable access to mobility, diversity, culture, and social integration, and economic prosperity to capture what it means for Nanaimo to operate within its uh, to, to to provide for its social foundation. So we had a, a big workshop, uh, uh, you know, with the different committees um, that Nanaimo, the Environment Committee, the Social Inclusion Committee, then members that were part of the um, Economic Development um, uh, Task Force, along with the, the Home Health and Housing, and workshopped a bunch of targets and indicators because a key component of uh, uh, the donut model that's been downscaled to the scale of Nanaimo is that we've got goals and targets that are measurable so that we know whether we're succeeding or not in, in, in what policies and actions we're choosing. And so there's, a, there's an adage, what gets measured gets managed. And so it's really important that we've got these very clear goals and, and targets uh, so that we can track our, our, our progress. And so within those, those five categories, we've developed a series of indicators and targets, and they're a work in progress, but um, with the in, in environment, there's a series that around you know, carbon emissions, around the amount of uh, environmentally sensitive land protected, around uh, the amount of waste that we're producing, setting a you know, zero waste target, 
Um, and then also within the social foundation, we've got goals and targets around, uh, you know, uh, uh, targets around, you know, re reducing homelessness, the, the affordability of, of rent, our vacancy rate, things in, in mobility around, you know, the, the, how close uh, people's access to daily needs are, um, you know, the amount of distance people need to drive, uh, you know, mode shifts in transportation, uh, things within, um, we're working on a, a metric on inclusion and diversity, and, and another one sort of, for an example, and for economic prosperity would be um, ample and diverse business opportunities, looking at the different types and numbers of businesses and the diversity and trying to build a, you know, a diverse spectrum of, of opportunity. And there's more that you can look into in, in more depth. Um, what's applicable uh, uh, within, you know, when you're applying donut economics to the scale of a city or even to the scale of an organization, there's, you know, seven different ways of, of thinking. And uh, one of the, 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 the most important that, you know, a lot of the work that we focused on is, is, is changing the goal. So instead of the old goal that, you know, looking at for growth and, and, and you know, for, for your, con for your uh, community to be successful is really making that vision a little bit more uh, holistic. And, you know, there's been development of these uh, well-being indexes, you know, other communities have done, but really listing out a, a broad spectrum of goals that, that, that you can measure uh, for what it looks like for a community to be successful and really being clear on what those goals are and, and uh, you know, continually measuring yourself against them. So that's really shifting um, the ways. Uh, you know, another aspect um, is whenever we're looking at implementing programs, um, different initiatives, asking the question, is our impact, is it regenerative to the environment? Are we, by our actions, improving our natural environment around us, both within our, um, our borders and, and outside? Um, and, and another critical one is, um, is it, is the, how we're designing our systems, is it um, distributive? Are we distributing the wealth in our community or are we concentrating it uh, in, in, in the hands of, of a few? And this question around equity is a really important one. And it was, I saw a shocking stat actually in the last workshop is that uh, in Nanaimo, we actually have double the amount of people that make over $100,000 in our community compared to other BC communities. And at the same time, we have I think double the per capita homelessness um, compared to any other community, and that's that's actually quite a striking indication of, of inequality. Um, how can we how can we become a, a more wealthier community and one that that wealth is distributed? And so, designing to redistribute. One example is, hey, our procurement initiatives. We should have um, we should be buying local so that we're providing opportunity for, for, for local businesses in this region, and, and Tyler will speak more to that. But those key things of building a, a redistributive and regenerative uh, system. And so the, the last slide that I'm going to show is just um, things that, you know, we can we can look at within our city for different areas of, uh, of policy is, is one, making sure that our purpose at, at every level, you know, the large vision of the, the city right down to um, in each department is, is very clear and that our purpose is aligned with that donut vision of, of uh, building, um, you know, meeting the needs of people within the means of the planet. Um, and then looking at our different networks, you know, the, who are the organizations that we're working closely with and in a relationship with and are we promoting this vision with, with them and how do we support each other in working towards those same, same goals. Looking at our governance structures, making sure that there's a diversity of people sitting at the table, decision-making tables. Um, and then looking, you know, what we're investing in, in terms of our utilities, public infrastructure, how we're doing our annual budgeting, um, you know, our, our procurement. Um, and, and Tyler is going to speak more exactly about specific policies that we can do to, to really downscale that, that broad vision of the donut to the scale of the city. So I'll hand it over to uh, Tyler now and um, to speak more. Thank you. 
Thank you, Ben. Um, first of all, um, I want to apologize to everyone. My, my webcam stopped working, so I've got it hooked up to my iPad, which is below me, and everybody else is up on the screen. So it's creating a weird thing of where do I look, so I apologize. Um, ben, if you could just go to the next slide, I'm going to try to quickly cover what is a very, very big topic. Um, and sort of where we're at uh, with the integration of the donut and where, it, you know, I, I should give a little of disclosure here, where I think we should go in the next one to three years as we start to, start to incorporate it. And I, and I think there's, there's lots of other ideas out there that could be incorporated, but I'm going to touch on one or two, a couple that I think highly. So reimagine Nanaimo. Um, Essentially, is the official community plan review this traditional document. It's aiming to um, capture uh, different items in one comprehensive city plan. Uh, a traditional official community plan touches on land use planning. Uh, the context of our city is very challenging. It's long, linear, auto centric. It's been traditionally so, and there's still a lot of uh, land use policies that support that. Um, as the, the slide highlights here, that there's um, sort of the current trajectory we're on, and it developed a couple scenarios around uh, how we could better manage our land use in the, in the, the decades to come to, to start to meet some of those goals that are articulated in the donut. Uh, there's two options, number two and three. I think where we're going is probably a hybrid of those two, one that incorporates some existing sort of hubs that, uh, you know, that we know exist, and sort of our transit network to some degree uh, follows those, and then a more central focus of higher urbanized area of downtown, the university, and sort of possible area in that triangle that connects them all, having a lot of potential to see uh, see some growth and create more compact. Spend next slide, please. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there's different scenarios with those land use. This is just a graphic that attempts to show that with all things, there's uh, there's trade-offs. Some, some, uh, some scenarios in land use growth patterns uh, will result in lower HG emissions. Well, it may be other scenarios will score higher in housing affordability. So, uh, like all things, there's a trade-off, and uh, we have to manage that trade-off to try to find uh, the best possible path. Next slide, please. Uh, okay, so at this point, I think I'll just ask you to end the slide because I'm gonna, I want to sort of I'm gonna cover two things. Example of current donut informed city policies initiatives. I'm going to cover that actually second because I just want to touch upon first where I think we have the potential to go um, with some of our city initiatives and uh, just due to time-wise I'm going to highlight a few things that I think we can build upon to get there. And so at the end of the day I think you know a lot of people get hung up on the word economics and then there's this question of oh what is the economics, uh, what is the economic model and what, I, what I'd like to sort of positive put forward is that we should really just be looking at as a lens or framework um, in which we're going to analyze our actions uh, and try to downscale that to the city level. And the, the downscaling which Ben touched upon is essentially where the rubber hits the road for us. Uh, other governments have other things in their jurisdiction or their domain and the donor is going to look different at a provincial, federal uh, level and a global level. And so if we contextualize it in the donut, um, the, the social goals that uh, Ben uh, touched upon are so essentially globally adopted through the United Nations uh, UN or the, the Sustainable Development Goals. And the, the outer limit is, is science-based, it's evidence-based, and you know the, uh, it's based on research. And so as we downscale it, I think the fundamental question is how do we adopt that lens as a culture? Um, and no one can speak to this. I think we can speak to this in the community, and Kim's going to touch upon that. Uh, he's done a lot of wonderful work, actually, some great suggestions that I'm really excited to see materialize. But I'm going to focus on the city. How do we bring this? How do we downscale this? Uh, it's going to be 100% dependent on the culture of City Hall and how it influences our projects, our activities, and that's And I think the natural place to do this might be a little bit of a boring place to do this. But every year, the city has to adopt an annual budget. And this is legislated, and they have to also adopt a financial plan. Traditional budgeting, you know, it's not too exciting. Uh, people focus on, you know, the budget increase, the tax bill increase, and I get that. And, you know, I, I take a look at this myself as well. 
But the budget essentially contains all the projects and the operations that the city is doing, capital and operations. And I think there's a real opportunity here um, because you know we are legislated to to do this. We have to follow generally accepted accounting principles. Um, we have a great accounting team to make sure that we do, and that we can't run deficits. Because we tax property, because we can't run deficits, because we have strong accounting values, uh, we actually have, uh, through the municipal financial story, the best bond rating uh, out there. And uh, and so that, that gives us a lot of tools and a lot of borrowing capacity to do some interesting stuff. Um, and, and there's some taxation and other forms of income. And so all that comes together to produce the projects in the annual operating. City. Now, traditionally, we sort of build the budgets based on the flavor of the day um, and, you know, where we're thinking of going, strategic plans, projects that are in the queue. Now, in Baltimore, a few years ago, emerged this really interesting process for uh, It's been uh, termed outcome-based budget. And what they did is they said, well, what are we actually trying to achieve? And what is the goals and the values that we want to see realized over one, five, ten years? And then they would completely rebuild the budget to meet those goals rather than sort of taking last year's budget and merging it with sort of where you know the projects that are in the hopper sort of thing. and what they found by doing that is they would uh, you know they couldn't measure it you know as ben talked about the, the performance indicators what gets managed gets uh what gets measured gets managed and then they could draw direct connections to realizing projects to the budget and finding a lot of efficiencies and effectiveness um, I think if we adopt that at the city level, taking the outcomes that we want to see those values articulated in the donut, um, and that is valued through the reimagined and idle, work backwards on an annual basis for a budget in our five-year um, five planning, our financial plan, we would really start to see the embedding of donut thinking as we move forward in every department. And I think parallel to that, uh, is we need to restructure the traditional staffing in the city. Uh, this has been done in Amsterdam, or is being done. It's, it's taking longer than they anticipated. Um, so, you know, there's probably a lot that we can learn from uh, as they move forward from taking the traditional city hierarchy of departments and divisions and starting in repurposing them uh, to, to better align with one, again, the, 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 art, the articulated values in the donut, um, but also realizing the interconnectedness and the interdependence of a lot of these different departments um, when you focus on a project. You know, so for example, uh, you know, we don't do transit because we have a transit department. We do it because there's things that we're trying to achieve. And transit as a delivery meets different goals. You know, it lowers our carbon emissions through transportation options, allow or provides an option that is more affordable for people to get to work, things that they can do provides mobility options for those that are driving to need abilities. And I think we often lose sight of that when there's that's the transit department, the transit department. No, you know, to just a lot of things and there's a lot of interconnectedness there between public works to where and how it builds sidewalks and transit stops and land use and interconnectedness. So I think there's a real option and I think Amsterdam's on the right path of looking at that and embedding that uh, embedding that thinking actually in the structure. You know, we, we build things to serve a goal. We don't create goals to serve a structure. And so, you know, there's real, we need to convert the structure and change the structure to help us achieve what we're trying to do. And I, I hope a new city council will at least look at that and begin to retool that and also look at the outcome as much. Because I think the two things, when they, if they came together within a one to three year horizon, would really embed the donut thinking and the donut lens into the culture of City Hall, into the culture of the uh, bureaucracy, and would put us on a path to better meet a lot of the goals that Ben talked about um, in a much faster and more efficient and effective way. Secondly, I don't think we can do this in isolation. Um, I think this happens, needs to happen at the regional district or not as well. Uh, just quickly reuse the, the regional district essentially spans from South Wellington, Cedar area, to the Bowser area, to the to Hillers area. You know, it's comprised of electoral areas and different municipalities. Um, but essentially, we all work together in a lot of ways to schools. And use, use the example of agriculture. You know, most of our agriculture production is going to be local, will happen in the regional district. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's ways that we can bring those two together 
better meet some of these goals, but we need to have aligned frameworks um, and aligned aligned values and aligned goals. They don't need to be completely aligned, but they need to be uh, pointed in the same direction, which they are uh, in a lot of ways, but they're sort of lacking that unified framework. The financial context is slightly different at the regional district, but, the, but more or less it is the same. Uh, so quickly, I know I, I want to be cognizant of time, and we surely get lots of time for questions and lots of time for the what do we build on to get there? There's lots of good things happening. Uh, then there's lots of areas that need improvement. I think often we focus on a lot of the negative things, and and that's okay as long as we're doing with an eye, doing so with an eye to how to fix them. But there is a thing. I think if we're going to start to build new things, we have to go where the energy is, and we have to go where we're finding successes. This is opportunity for success. Success. So uh, agriculture, I think, is one that we could touch on. It was a great session. That people saw. Uh, Previously, Robert um, and I, there was three, three panelists, a great discussion around agriculture. Lots of good stuff. I highly recommend watching it. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity between the city and the regional district of Nanaimo around our solid waste reduction goals. At 90%, uh, that for to meet that, that demands a move to circularity and more, uh, being more conscious with the waste that we generate and what we do with it. So it's looking at our waste stream, waste stream fundamentally differently and saying that is not the end of life when we landfill. No, we take it from the landfill and we find a way to repurpose it, remanufacture it back into the manufacturing stream. Lots of good work uh, being done there. That's a whole other session. Um, but uh, there's a real opportunity there to to work with private industry because it's, it's dependent on private industry to meet those goals. Um, Mr. Smythe is going to cover on, I think, some really, some really neat stuff, but at the city level, uh, we adopted um, social, uh, sustainable procurement frameworks, sometimes called uh, social procurement um, as well. A little bit different, but they're more or less the same thing. Uh, this is really being conscious of the things that we purchase as a city, the RPs that we put out, contracts from services to materials to goods, and making sure that they're working towards our goals. It rewards contracts that help us meet our goals rather than always just seeking the lowest dollar. Um, it weights things like whatever you know, whatever gets put in there, but it weights things like materials that may have a lower carbon footprint. It weights things such as uh, maybe more indigenous employment or more equitable employment, things like that. So it's taking those donut principles and putting, building them into the contracts we're doing. I highlight this because to me, this is this is the same type of thinking that we need now to start to expand out beyond just our purchasing department and building into the business plans of every uh, city department. So, when we're developing business plans, what is the lens? That we're and you know, and ultimately, I think that would translate into every single staff report that the city of Cornwall has comes forward with a donut decision-making lens that shows, hey, these are the values that we hit. Hey, these are the ones that we might be compromising. So, the decision is made. Again, understanding that interdependentness and interconnectedness of, uh, of all decisions. Um, those two, I just wanted to highlight. There's a lot more uh, that we could cover, but cognizant of time. And again, I think there's a lot of value that will come out of the questions. To turn it over to Mr. Smith. Thank you, Tyler. And. With that, I am about to demonstrate how those were two of the smarter people in the room than me on Donut Economics. Um, when this was first introduced at Council, I thought, well, that's a charming thought uh, and an interesting notion. Um, I did do a little bit of research into it, and then I was invited to uh, join something called the Mayor's Leaders Table. and. Uh, specifically um, to lead some discussion around infrastructure asks for our community. Uh, another topic was youth retention and the third topic was the donut economy. Um, we had an introductory meeting and then we were asked to choose a breakout, breakout room to go into and uh, I pondered for a few seconds before saying well Donut economy sounds like an interesting conversation. Let's go there. I checked into the room, and the first thing that uh, the moderator staff from City said was, "Now we have to choose a chair." And 
for some reason, everybody in the Zoom room turned to me and said, this guy would make a great chair. Uh, I know nothing about the donut economy, but here's a great opportunity to learn from my friends and colleagues who probably know about the same amount. So it's been an interesting voyage, uh, learning together and determining how we might be able to really integrate uh, donut economic philosophy into Nanaimo's future. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to understand that obviously if we don't think in this way, if we don't take this circular economy concept and put it on steroids, we're going to be in big trouble sooner than later. So we started to have very interesting conversations at that committee level about what that meant to the municipality, what that meant to our individual organizations and businesses, because everybody in this in a Zoom conversation we're having is the leader of their own organization, whether it's a for-profit, non-profit, social enterprise, or other kind of organization. Um, and we became very aware that the subject uh, was deeper than anything that we could contribute to it. So one of the first things that I did was uh, ask the city uh, to provide us with Kate's book on donut, donut economy model. No, 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 stay over there. We even started in on having a conversation. So we wanted to reach out, grab these concepts, see how they work on a global basis, and then come back together again and see how we could make that make sense on a local and a community basis. You um, can draw your hair. It's okay. We then also Bender, had to realize that uh, our assignment wasn't to create the donut economy in Nanaimo, but our assignment was to create awareness around the donut economy and the economic philosophy mm -hmm. and how that model could apply uh, on a municipal level uh, as well as on a global level and then how the two could work back and forth. So it's been very interesting and insightful uh, several months of conversation about this and we've come up with some recommendations which I'd like to share with you. Uh, I'd really like to uh, sort of salute the city and the work done in Reimagine Nanaimo. Uh, I hope that most of you have seen, uh, at least online, the city plan book that's come out and the way it has integrated all of the future plans for the city in the layers of the donut economy. So it really drives home how every, every component of our life and our community is impacted by economic thinking and how we can change that economic thinking by being aware ourselves of the donut economy impact of the donut economy and how we can bring it right down to our own lives not just our businesses and our organization down to our own lives and our own way of thinking so the one framework five city goals document uh, I, I thought was the absolutely most significant thing that could happen to turn our thinking around going forward and I then pointed it out earlier and, uh, and showed you the graphic and I'm not going to but I I just want to talk about you know the five layers there are the five city goals a green Nanaimo resilient and regenerative ecosystems a connected Nanaimo equitable access and mobility a healthy Nanaimo community well-being and livability and although I'm the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce I never try to fool anybody that if we don't have a healthy community, we will never ever have a healthy economy. Um, point number four, an empowered Nanaimo, reconciliation, representation, and inclusion. Um, three very important equal factors in uh, success going forward, and I think some of you witnessed our um, memorandum of agreement that we signed with uh, Nanaimo First Nations about ten days ago. Um, that really signals a commitment uh, for the Chamber of Commerce, certainly, but hopefully by extension, the business community of Nanaimo to commit to 
uh, under the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, yeah. especially where it impacts indigenomics and growth of the indigenous okay. economy. And finally, a prosperous Nanaimo, she recovers guy, right? Uh, so talking about a thriving and resilient economy, and not a thriving and resilient economy for the next four years, ten years, extent of our generation, and certainly well into the future. So again, hats off uh, uh, to everybody at the city, as well as everybody in the community. Thousands of people provided input into Reimagine Nanaimo, and these are some of the outputs from that from from that uh, community feedback. So, we have pause here. I'd like to talk about our recommendations around donut economic philosophy awareness. Uh, number one was to develop an awareness program for city staff and council to embed the, con the concept through the organization and include training and council orientation for 2022-23 as we're entering a, um, a new four-year term of governance coming this fall. Our recommendation number two, uh, to develop an awareness program for city entities, the new Nanaimo Prosperity Corporation, the new Tourism Nanaimo, and the new Systems Planning Organization. And to also engage with nonprofit groups that are significantly influenced, funded, or directed by the city, and that would be the Port Theatre, the Museum, and other key stakeholders. So don't forget city funds uh, and supports a large number of external agencies and nonprofits. And so every one of those funding opportunities is also an opportunity to engage conversation and engage in influencing thinking towards the donut economics philosophy. Our recommendation number three is to establish a donut economics coalition with the wider Nanaimo community to support and promote philosophy. Again, that's reaching out into the community to engage, to um, provide direction, to invite participation in turning the corner towards the donut economy. Recommendation number four is to develop a donut economics business and nonprofit recognition program. So acknowledge people who are participating in activities that lean towards a donut economy and lean towards a healthier and more prosperous future, obviously. Recommendation number five is create a donut-focused, outcome-based budgeting process for 2023. Uh, Tyler brought this up, and uh, it might be uh, a bit aggressive to think that we can pull this off for the next budget year, but to start to move towards all of this thinking. And I'm just I'm even more encouraged hearing what Tyler just had to say about the work that's being done behind the scenes right now and how that can be really influenced and uh, implemented coming soon. Hopefully 2023 would be great. Recommendation number six, advocate for alignment of donut economy principles across the region. We are obviously the economic leader in the mid-island and it would be only uh, reasonable to expect to have conversation with other municipal leaders, uh, other community leaders, uh, and the regional district um, to try to start to filter this down to others who are around us and form our uh, our greater economy. Um, you know, with a population somewhere approaching 160,000 people in the Mid Island, 105 or 106,000 ourselves on the stats can this week. Um, having that influence across the region so it feeds back in uh, to where we're going as the center of that mid-island economy. So that's what I have to share. And I think I've delivered on convincing you that uh, the other two gentlemen in this discussion uh, are much more well-versed in uh, the details around uh, donut economy. And um, I look forward to our our, our small roundtable discussions now to gather questions and ideas and the input of the group gathered here. So thank you very much for your time. Great, Kim. Uh, thank you so much for that uh, 
need to remind everybody uh, how, how lucky we are to have a CEO of the Chamber of Commerce who's been sitting on the, the development of our systems planning organization, the Health and Housing Task Force, that's been helping develop our economic development uh, uh, organization, and uh, the chair of the uh, Donut Economy Awareness Task Force on the Mayor's Leadership Table, been providing awesome leadership. So that was a, a great presentation and very succinct bringing it to in real terms, so thank you. So uh, we're going to now um, go and, and take some questions uh, from folks. Uh, there's been a few uh, posted uh, in the chat that we'll address, and then we'll, we'll take more uh, from the floor. Um, there was one posted um, that uh, are the goals and targets developed through the Donut Economics Framework uh, publicly available? And so. Uh, thanks for that question. So those uh, goals that that I, I posted up there, they were in. Um, they we developed them like almost a year ago now. Um, as and, and Tyler showed that slide that where our different land use scenarios were being evaluated, they used those targets as as models to evaluate which land use scenarios perform the best within that donut framework, um, and. They exist in some staff presentation slides that were available on the Governance and Priorities Committee. I was frantically searching uh, while folks uh, were, were speaking here to find it, and I can't find them. So what I'll try to do is post the slides that I have of those goals, which are, are still in, in, in a draft form. Um, I'll try to post them in a Google link and, and have them shared, but they go into detail, sort of what are the, the targets and indicators we're searching for. And then those targets and indicators are, are the, the outcomes that we're striving for within our official community plan policy document are written in each section of the draft OCP. What are the outcomes we're trying to achieve that will then, you know, we'll measure our success on them based on those, those indicators. So there's a few pieces that fit together. Um, there's another question uh, from, from Heather uh, to uh, Tyler. Uh, what would it take to change the organization of the city departments as you suggested? Tyler, you can go ahead and have the first crack at that. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's, a, it's a really good question. So the, the, the model almost, uh, I think every municipality uses in British Columbia is, in, uh, is it's called the one employee model. Um, and essentially, as you have your CAO, the CAO is in charge of this operation. So, and, and structuring the organization. And, and this is, you know, this is done, I think, of a trial and error over a long time as being the most effective model of separating governments from operations and ensure information is appropriate in both ways. Um, I think there's a, you know, restructures happen all the time. Um, and I think there's a, a conversation that could be had at some point that makes sense through council. Uh, you know, whoever the CAO is, it's occupying that seat around, you know, how do we start to move towards a, a structure that, in my, you know, in my mind breaks down silos a little bit and, it, and uh, match it, you know, Ben showed up that, that example of the different ways of thinking. And I think, you know, a lot of those traditional ways of thinking are embedded in the structures in which we operate. And there's a real conversation, a real analysis that a, the CAO or the senior team city could do to sort of, Move in the direction of new new thinking and moving towards more inter interconnected model rather than uh, sort of the traditional hierarchy that uh, we're used to, the different silos that we're used to. So I think that's a, where it would start would be a conversation between council and CEO what that might look like and how it um, That's great, Tyler. And, and just to, to, to add on to that, um, you know, the, the power of having a framework and a, and a clear organization, you know, vision and, and goals for the community. Um, you know, we, we set the donut framework as the guiding vision and, and planning tool. And, and it's with the reimagined process, all the different city departments have put all their different policies into one document. And we're already seeing this much greater degree uh, integration between the parts because they're having to talk with one another and so it's a really breaking down of, of the different silos and you know taking that the next step further is what Tyler's talking about is looking at how you can reorganize to, to better you know, um, uh, reflect what you know the achievement of those goals and there's a, an economist out there called Mariano Mazzucato and she actually 
to my excitement, was hired by the provincial government. But she talks about mission-focused government, one that, that sets goals and, and objectives and, and organizes its resources around meeting those. And I think that's what we're really trying to promote for our uh, organization, for, for the city, is to become more mission-focused, to, to achieve those social and environmental and, and economic goals that we do set um, around. So. Uh, got a question here and then I'll, I'll go to some hands being raised. I see Zenny's got her hand raised, but uh, for Kim, uh, uh, has the chamber been encouraging business owners in the city to understand and adopt uh, donut economics philosophies? Um, what we have been doing is sharing the information that's coming from the city on uh, donut economics philosophy and how they are implementing it within uh, within the municipality. And you know, we've been pretty bold and putting it out there as sort of a flag waving that we're going to be talking about this a whole lot more in the future, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm looking forward to inviting. Um, speakers to our next or some available upcoming luncheons right now we're booked out of luncheons to through the through the balance of 2022 so going into 2023 when we have some available time to gather chamber members and business community members around luncheons and other uh, events uh, i anticipate that we will be inviting speakers to come and talk about taking this from a municipal government um, platform down to a business platform and you know, recognizing that 92% of the businesses in Nanaimo are small businesses, how do we start to integrate this whole concept and philosophy within small businesses? Um, so we're we're committed to doing the work on this, uh, and we've you know it's been a sort of sort of a slow boil because I think that one of the best things that's been done. One of the best outputs through this whole thing has been, again, the integration of the donut uh, concept into the whole city plan and going through the five layers and looking how the donut applies to each of those layers and then looking through the layers within the layers. Um, so yes uh, is the short answer and um, the long answer is we have much work to do and we are excited to be doing it as the Chamber of Commerce. It's a, it's, it's an, a new concept and uh, one that we are excited to be bringing forward and being bold about. Thanks. Thank you, Kim. And I think Kim's had us present at some point to uh, the Chamber uh, already, so uh, appreciate it. Um, Zenny. Hi everyone, and thank you. I love talking about the donut economy. But I think one piece I just wanted to add a little bit because um, I've been involved with social procurement initiatives that I think ties right in with the donut economy. So not our, only are we trying to educate and give the tools to businesses or contractors or those who work with the city, that is, it's not always about who can give us something at the lowest cost, it's what values are you adding to it? How do you pay your employees? What benefits, etc. Um, but besides that, I was just recently speaking about our investing and it was last November where we approved an addition to our policy that included investing in socially responsible investment instruments. We did that uh, last November. And so today, I was um, being interviewed, and I was really um, pleasantly surprised when I was talking with our financial officer that as of December 31st, approximately 27% of the city's portfolio is in social responsible, responsible investments. And one of them that, um, of course, comes to mind right off the top was that we purchased the acreage, we kept the land, but loaves and fishes can build their warehouse, and that's an investment for the city. That I think of five-acre farms, and um, we will look at other ways where we can maybe divert 
what we may know of investments that are in oil and gas and divert them where we're still fiscally responsible, but can find other ways. And that's being researched even by the province at this time too, of how we can have greener investments. So just wanted to add, it, add those two cents. Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Um, we've got another question. Um, so do we know about the Circular Cities and uh, Regions Initiative, CCRI, and how Nanaimo might be a part of it? So um, this, the concept of the circular economy is a real important strategy within building a donut economy because it's taking responsibility for the materials that you use and, and trying to build an economy where materials are kept in use, uh, where waste and pollution is eliminated and, and ecosystems are regenerated. And so, uh, the regional district of Nanaimo has been seen as, as a leader in this municipally with the, you know, setting a 90% uh, waste reduction target. And so we were invited by the Circular Cities um, and Regions Initiative. So we have are part of this group of cities across uh, Canada working on developing um, circular economy strategies and sharing what's been working in our communities and, and, and how to uh, improve our circular strategies here. And so uh, the city of Nanaimo, we're working on um, building our own circular economy strategy. And we've had workshops as part of the, the Circular Cities Initiative um, setting. And I think we're setting um, goals and, and initiatives around uh, circularizing, reducing waste and construction and, and demolition because that's a huge amount of waste is still generated there. And then also looking at how we can um, incentivize businesses uh, within our community to develop a circular uh, strategies within their business practices. So we've got another five minutes uh, for questions. Um, uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add before we go into the breakout groups and, and have some discussion around um, uh, around this? I don't believe I've seen any other hands. Um, so uh, what we'll do is um, Heather is going to uh, Tyler and uh, Kim, did you have any other comments you'd like to share uh, before we, we move into the, 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 the breakout groups? There's just uh, one question uh, quickly. Uh, I think you missed there from Francis. Oh. Thanks, Trent, for highlighting it. Um, question is, what are the best opportunities to reduce the city greenhouse gas emissions? Who has to be involved in making that happen? And how can we encourage mitigation? Cool. Great question. Um, short on time, but the reimagined re Nanaimo process, uh, there is some great graphs that show sort of the, the big contributions come from transportation, building stock, and uh, existing building stock, and uh, waste generation. That's the third category, right, Ben? Yeah, minor waste. Minor waste, yeah. Minor waste, yeah. And transportation. Um, this is where I think there'll be a little bit of a disagreement with different colleagues on council. I think the city has a fairly big role with respect to transportation and also, um, uh, you know, transportation through transit, cycling options, better pedestrian infrastructure, better land use decisions. And it's really in the domain of Nanaimo City Council. Transportation also has, is the biggest emitter. Who do we work for? Who do we work with? Undoubtedly the regional district, BC Transit, um, and uh, uh, to sort of combat those goals uh, or combat those issues. Uh, with respect to building, um, again, that, that's going to come down to working with the development community, working with the province, um, and working with uh, individuals. Um, low carbon heating solutions is by far the big, where the biggest gains can happen. Um, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, we should be limiting uh, fossil fuel usage for new connections, uh, keep them for just the, the type of uses that hey how's it going no alternative for yet um, but there's a really big it, it'd be a really great opportunity for a program to um, focus on taking out oil as uh, a primary heating source and replacing it with other low carbon energy solutions we do have a lot of oil usage um, still in town um, and so working with the province to rebate programs private industry so there's big gains to be had thanks great question thanks tyler 
I've been more blunt. We don't deal with uh, natural gas and what we're burning. That's why we missed our last uh, mission uh, goals that uh, we're not going to get anywhere. But uh, I've taken enough bullets the last few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kim, did you have anything you'd like to add before we go into the breakout groups? No, I'm going to leave it with Tyler's comments there. I, I, I got a good chuckle out of that one. So thank you. You too. <laughs> Happy to go into discussion group. Great. Um, so Heather is going to split us up into discussion groups. Um, there's uh, two questions um, that uh, we will be asking for discussion on. Um, the first one is, uh, the first question is, what actions aligned with donut principles could local businesses and community groups uh, that you participate in take? Um, and how could the city support this? Uh, and then two, uh, what goals or actions would you like the city to take to better realize the vision of a donut economy in Nanaimo? So um, we'll leave it to Heather and we'll, we'll be beamed into uh, other groups. And then if you, um, if somebody would like to take notes and we'll report back just to, you know, some Hi, hi, highlights of the discussion back to the larger group when we return here in 20 minutes. Uh, so Kim? then are, are uh, the three of us uh, moderators of each group, is that the way the plan is? And, yeah, and each, each of us will be a moderator on. and then probably we, we'll, we'll be the ones reporting back from the discussion. So um, uh, that's uh, our responsibility. So take take some notes and, uh, and uh, yeah, moderate the discussion. Thanks. Thanks, and I just put a link in the chat for a Jamboard, uh, which I don't know if everybody's familiar with that, uh, but it's a, a shared uh, note-taking sort of platform. Um, I will just very quickly show you how to add a sticky note onto the Jamboard, so everybody can click that link and it will take you right into this uh, page here. Or at the top, it'll say notes from breakout room one, and you'll use that one if you find yourself in room one. Uh, okay. If you want to change to the notes page for room two or room three, you just use these little arrows over here to scroll across to room two and room three. And then if you want to put up a note in here, if you're the note taker or you just want to add your own note, you click this little square, which is the sticky note, and then you can type in uh, my thoughts and ideas, whatever you have there, press save, and uh, then you can move it around uh, on the board to place it under the appropriate question. So feel free to use that uh, if you'd like to, or uh, one person can just take notes if that's preferred. So I will go ahead and launch the breakout rooms and we'll see everybody back in 20 minutes. chat so um, I'll try to keep track of time here and what I'm going to try to do is write any notes um, this we talk about into the jam board if that works for everyone it's kind of new for me and I'll do my best I'm a terrible note taker so sorry Tyler if uh, folks click on the link you do get the two questions at the top of the document okay first question what actions align with the donut principles could local businesses and or community groups take how could the city support this? And I think Kim covered some great ideas there. Um, and what goals or actions would you like the city to take? The city to take to better realize the vision of a donut economy in the night. The floor is open. Well, I'll be the first one. Councilor Patrick. <laughs> I, uh, I came here really just to listen and to be, uh, to become a little bit more up to speed with the whole donut business uh, because I, I'm behind, but uh, I'll just have the one or two questions to ask and then I'll just shut up and listen uh, and go on with what I intended to do in the first place. With regards to question number two, um, I think that the best thing that the city can do is to 
start by leading by example. And uh, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you, Tyler, that I'll just bring up for a minute the, the complicated and hard work that was done during my two terms on council with regards to the South Downtown and the waterfront. And, you know, I, the minute I, I found out that council approved sandstone, I'm, I'm still trying to reconcile these two things in my mind. Uh, particularly where it comes to uh, educating people on the really good points of, of donut economy. So how, on the one hand, can you ignore, and I really mean ignore, uh, a very good plan of the South Town 